to the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the podcast that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. I'm your host, Reagan Rose. Well, I've got an episode for you today that was spurred on by a conversation I had with my brother-in-law at Christmas, and it has to do with how we use our smartphones. And so it's an interesting one. I think you guys um, will enjoy it. And it's something that has been very challenging to me, uh, even as I've been trying to apply some of the principles that we talk about uh, in this episode. I've been trying to do it for years and uh, through various um, valleys and mountains of success or failure. So uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more. But before we get into it in earnest. I wanted to give a quick shout out to my Patreon supporters. I am just shocked there's five of you already, and I was surprised that anyone is doing it. And I'm just so thankful to you guys for helping to make it possible for me to do this show. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. This is a labor of love for me. I uh, love to uh, write articles. I love to make these podcasts. I love to think about these things, about how um, my work, my uh, efficiency, my productivity, and how all of that really is a function of um, growing and being sanctified as a Christian. Uh, and I know that you guys who have been long-term listeners feel the same way. You, you want to glorify God with your life, and you want to maximize uh, your life for his glory. And so I appreciate all of you, and especially you who are supporting this work through Patreon. Uh, if you're not already a Patreon supporter and you're interested in supporting this work, for as little as, as three bucks a month, you basically get access to a, a, a private feed. Uh, I'm trying to do more and more on there each week, um, but essentially you, you'll often get um, access to the podcast episodes before they're released publicly. Um, and, and as I continue to try to do new things, new videos, um, new features, you guys are going to be the first to hear about them. Um, so if that interests you and you have the funds and you want to support this work, head on over to my Patreon. It's just patreon.com slash redeeming prod. And there's a link in the show notes below too. Um, one of the things I'm working on actually this week that uh, I'm excited to release is I've made a new video and that'll be coming out probably on Wednesday. Um, and it is about just a how-to thing. It's going to show you how to um, have your phone read any Kindle book to you. I, I had an old article about that on my website and I've just recently realized that the method didn't work anymore. So I went searching for a new one and it's actually really simple. So you want to keep your eye on the blog um, for that or subscribe to my YouTube channel and you'll see that this coming Wednesday. Okay, enough of that. Let's talk about the topic du jour. We're talking about your cell phone. And so I've titled this episode, Your Phone is Your Frenemy. Your phone is your frenemy. And if you haven't heard the word frenemy before, uh, it's basically a compound of the word friend and enemy. And it's like one of those people that um, you might be on friendly terms with, but you kind of hate each other behind each other's back. I don't have anyone in my life like this. <laughs> I probably do. Um, sometimes people have people in their lives like this who are uh, co-workers or, you know, I don't know, high school girls. And uh, the, the term frenemy has been coined to refer to that relationship. In friendly terms, but you kind of don't like each other. And the reason that I say that your phone is your frenemy is 
not because your phone is sentient, not yet, but because of the complicated relationship I think most of us enjoy with our cell phones. Um, you know, I feel this way very strongly that I love my iPhone, but I also hate it. And this is just because I'm somebody who is wanting to be productive, right? And so the phone sometimes gets in the way of that. But on the other hand, a lot of times having a smartphone is the means that helps me to be more productive. And so this it's this mixed, complicated relationship. So I think of my phone as a friend, but also an enemy. It's a frenemy. And like I mentioned in the intro, the thing that has kind of uh, made me start thinking about this afresh was over Christmas, my brother-in-law, Michael, um, he just asked me out of the blue. He said, hey, here's an interesting question for you. If you could live in a world where the smartphone had never been invented, uh, just flip phones, you could text, you could call, you could do all that, everything else is the same, but you could basically, no one ever invented iPhones or Androids or anything like that. He said, would you live in that world? And without hesitating, I said, absolutely, yes. And after I said that, I started asking myself, I said, well, if I would want to live in a world where there weren't any smartphones, why don't I just get rid of my smartphone? Right? Like, why don't I just get rid of it? And the more I started thinking about it, I thought, you know, it's because... I just don't want to deal with the complications of it. I wish it didn't exist because I want my phone because I have access to the internet. I can answer any question I ever want. Um, I I want my phone with me because I can take notes really quickly. I can record a quick audio memo. I can um, access uh, social media and keep up with what's going on there. Like I like those things, but I, I wish it didn't exist. However, because it does exist, I'm going to use it. And so it got me thinking more about how can we use our phones with this attitude that are in front of me and get the most out of them while not letting them uh, destroy our entire lives. You know, it's been actually almost exactly 13 years since Apple CEO Steve Jobs first announced the iPhone. Uh, that was in, back in 2007. And at the time, in his keynote speech, he described it as the combination of three things. An iPod with touch controls, a mobile phone, and an internet communications device. And after that breakthrough announcement and iPhone started to catch on, all the other phone manufacturers got on board and followed suit or quickly died. Um, And now the concept of having a phone that isn't always jacked into the internet and then doesn't have specialized apps that can do anything you want them to do, it seems almost quaint, doesn't it? And I could spend an entire episode talking about the benefits of the smartphone. I could tell you about how great it is to have instant access to information, um, apps for everything you want to do, um, even for Christians especially, the word of God in every perceivable or conceivable translation ever made and innumerable resources to help me understand the scripture. I mean, I, I use Accordance Bible app and I have Hebrew, I have Greek, I have all the major English translations on there. I have it with me all the time. So constantly someone will mention a verse and ask me about something and I'm looking it up in the original languages and like I could not do that before, not without um, a very heavy backpack full of books. And so like that's 
that is a good thing, right? I mean, that's a positive. Um, so I can't discount the value of the smartphone. But on the other hand, I could also spend an entire episode bemoaning how distracting and potentially harmful our phones are. I could tell you about how they destroy relationships. You know, you go out to dinner and both of you have your heads buried in your phone. Um, how it, it turns parents into ghosts who are missing the most important events of their child's lives because they're scrolling Instagram. Um, I could talk about the the dangers of it in terms of it provides access to, to things like pornography. I mean, even children are able to access just the worst of the worst content instantly and easily from their phones. Um, and I could just talk about the fact that essentially for a lot of us, um, even adults, the smartphone has become just the adult pacifier. It's the thing that when you don't know what else to do or you're a little fussy, you just pull out your phone and you ah, get that quick dopamine hit of some new information or um, being able to reach out to somebody. But both those things are true. They are beneficial in some regards and our smartphones are also distracting and harmful in other regards. And so for us who are trying to be productive, trying to make the most of our life for Christ, we've got to use these things with wisdom. We got to figure out if I'm going to hang on to this phone, how am I going to treat it? And so what we're going to talk about here is I want to talk about one attitude, two diagnostic questions, and two rules for using your phone. So the following assumes that if, if you're not going to get rid of your phone altogether, which I am not against that. I know people who have done that. Um, I have seriously considered doing that trying to find the last dumb phone on earth and, and get that and, and get rid of my iPhone. I, I'm not saying that that's not, that might be the best solution for your situation. But if we decide we don't want to get rid of this device wholesale, we want to maximize the benefits and minimize um, the bad parts, well, we got to figure out how to tame it. And so I think that starts with one attitude. And that, again, is the title of the show. Your phone is your frenemy. You have to have the attitude of this phone is, as I put in a, in a previous article I did on this same topic, it's a double-edged sword. It, it can do a lot of good, but also can do a lot of bad. Because if you hold it and consider it as this, this um, uh, benign thing or entirely neutral, that, it, that it's just like, well, phones are just what we have. You know, you don't think it through. You don't think about how many hours you're putting into it or whether what you're doing on your phone is, is beneficial to you or not. If you just treat it that way, you're, you're not being critical. You're not living with wisdom. Uh, in regard to this um, really uh, ubiquitous piece of technology. So the attitude we have to have is, my phone is my frenemy. There's good, good stuff to it, and there's bad stuff to it. Um, I talk about the word taming. So if, it, if it's our frenemy, how do we tame that? How do we get the most out of it or um, what, while minimizing the downside? Well... Here's the issues with an untamed phone. An untamed phone keeps us from deep, sustained thought. Like I said, it's a pacifier for adults. You're standing in line somewhere or driving in your car, whatever you're doing, and in days gone by, what did you have for entertainment? You had your thoughts. You could just 
think about something for a long time and mull it over. With our phones, it's fragmented our attention in some pretty severe ways, uh, such that we um, are not given to that sort of deep, sustained thought, which is so important, especially for believers who are um, instructed to meditate on the Word of God, to mull it over and uh, have, have those truths sink deep into our soul. And so an untamed phone can keep us from that. Likewise, an untamed phone can keep us from what I call necessarily awkward situations. Um, so this is like you go somewhere for the first time. How about a Bible study? And you don't know anybody. And you're kind of at the end hovering in the back and just waiting for it to be over to get out of there. And instead of stepping into the awkwardness and trying to get to know someone else, you look down at your phone and you pretend to be occupied. It's it's like the ultimate bailout all the time. I I can always escape uh, a situation, at least mentally, by going into my phone. So an untamed phone uh, keeps us from those necessarily awkward situations. Um, they also keep us from true connection. Face-to-face -face interactions very often are forfeited um, for screen time. And an untamed phone uh, keeps us from being productive. If we're putting all our time away into social media or games on our phone or whatever it is, we are not actually creating anything. And this actually, uh, just an aside, this speaks to one of the ways that I think about my phone and computer and, and technology in general. I have considered, and maybe this will change in the future, but when I sit down at my laptop uh, or my computer at work, that's a device that I use to create. When I'm looking at my phone or even an iPad, that is a device that I use to consume. And what I mean by that is at the computer, I am just more given to that's where I do my writing. That's where I do editing. That's where I, I, I answer emails. On my phone, I might read emails but not respond. I might watch YouTube videos but I'm not making them. I might read articles but I'm not writing them. And I think maybe that's just me, but I've just found because of the cumbersome nature of a, a touch device and the fact that I'm often sitting down or laying down when I'm using it, I don't make with it. I just consume. And it's, and it's okay that we're consuming stuff. You can read good articles. You can watch good videos. You can listen to incredible podcasts on your phone. But you, I think thinking through that, that distinction has been helpful to me because you can sometimes with your phone feel productive but not actually be accomplishing anything, if that makes sense. So our attitude towards our phones needs to be that our phone is our frenemy. So that's the one attitude. Now let's talk about these two diagnostic questions. And when I mean diagnostic questions, I mean uh, questions you ask yourself. Um, so, so here's kind of how this came about in my thinking. When, um, like when my brother-in-law asked me that question, if you could live in a world without smartphones, would you? And I said, yes. I said, well, okay. The reason I say that and the reason that I choose to have a phone still is because I recognize there's benefits and there's downsides. And so these diagnostic questions help to draw out what the benefits and the downsides are so that we can create a personal plan for um, minimizing the bad aspects and maximizing the good ones. So the first question I ask myself is, when is my phone the most useful to me such that I am legitimately averse to giving it up. 
So when, when is it, what parts of my day, what aspects of my life do I genuinely find that my phone is helping me in? Um, and, and I'm asking a time bound question. I'm asking when in my day, uh, because I want to limit the use in those times. So, so the reason I don't want to give up my phone for me, uh, is, is in the car. Um, I don't drive as much anymore, but, but when I do drive, I want to consume good books on audiobook, or I want to listen to incredible podcasts like the redeeming productivity show. Uh, and, and that's useful for me. It's also useful for, for GPS, for having music. Um, all these things I find legitimately beneficial to my life and to my, my growth as a believer. So I consume sermons, all of that. Um, and so I, I legitimately don't want to give those up because I think those are a really great common grace blessing of our smartphones. And even because the nature of my work, I like to have my phone with me at work because I'm often away from my desk and I want to be reachable on on Slack or email or be able to keep up with with what's going on. So that's the first question. When is your phone actually genuinely useful for you in your your productivity and just in your sanctification? So ask yourself that. What times a day? So for me, that's at work or if I'm driving. The second question is the opposite of that and focuses on the negative aspects of your phone. I asked myself, when is my phone the most distracting to me or the most destructive even? When, what do you think? When is your phone the most um, prone to suck you down a rabbit hole of wasted time or wasted mental energy? And again, for me, it, it was such a simple answer and I didn't want to <laughs> think about it because it's, it, it is when I'm home. It's when I'm home, when I'm at my house, that's when I want to pull out my phone. That's when I want to play a game or mindlessly scroll or whatever it is. And for me, that the second question led me to the, the real breakthrough is I realized that just about everything I find distracting and unhelpful about owning a smartphone happens when I'm at home. It happens when I'm at home. And those two questions alone, I think if you ask them to yourself, you can tame your smartphone usage and, you know, have that thing, you know, they like break a horse so that they can, they can ride it, you know, break its spirit. You need to break the spirit of your smartphone so that it serves you and so that you can gallop into productive battle on it. That's called pushing an analogy too far. So those are the two questions. I would encourage you to ask yourself those. Okay, so I have one, I said there was one attitude, your phone's your frenemy, there's the two questions, and now I want to end with these two rules. So what did I do in response to those questions? It's one thing to assess, it's another thing to actually do something about it. And so I came up with two rules, which I have not always followed consistently, Kim, um, I admit that, but when I do follow them, I find that my smartphone usage is genuinely useful and and I'm able to keep it tamed. And so the first rule is no phone at home. And you know it's true because it rhymes. And so I I came up with, back when I lived in the RV, a phone cupboard. We had this old cupboard thing in there that was really nothing in there. There were some old wires from an old VCR or something. And so I put a, uh, I ran some wires in there and put a charging cable for my phone and when I'd get home from work or school, I'd put my phone in there, plug it in and I would shut it. I'd shut it, 
shut it closed, and I would not get my phone again until the next morning when I went to leave the house. You say, Reagan, what do I do if I get a text? I don't know. Just don't answer them at night. Uh, there, there's other ways you could maybe answer them on your computer or somewhere. I, I don't know. It's to me when when I'm home, I want to be home, and I don't need to just be texting a bunch of people all the time. That may be different for you. That's why I'm I'm not telling you these they have to be your rules. But um, for me, it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, same thing with phone calls. I turned the volume on uh, when it was in the cupboard. So if I did get a phone call, I would go get it and answer it. Because again, the phone calls and the text weren't really the issue for me. The issue was wanting to just look at it every time there was a dull moment. And uh, so, so no phone at home. That works for me. The second rule for my phone is no time-wasting apps. And for me, that meant no games at all. I just would delete them off my phone, not leave them. And I'll tell you this, just a full confession. Over the holiday break, I was like, well, I'm on break. I'm just relaxing a little bit. I'll just download a fun little game that we can play while we're um, on uh, the Christmas break and stuff. And guess what? I started playing it and I got way into it and wasted a bunch of time that I could have been doing other stuff like reading books or, or working on an article or talking to my family. And at the end of it, the game stayed on there. And so I got back from my Christmas break and it's still there and it's just wasting my time. And so I've deleted it. It's done. All the games are gone again. And it's like, I have to remind myself of this rule. So say bye-bye to your distracting apps, get rid of them. And so maybe games aren't your thing, but maybe it's one of your social media accounts. Um, maybe it's the Instagram, maybe it's the Facebook, maybe it's Reddit. Um, maybe it's any of those things. You know what it is. And in fact, if you have an iPhone, I don't know if Androids do this, but on the iPhone, you can go look at your screen time thing and it, it will tell you what apps you have open the most. And man, do that. Look at it and think about what, what am I gaining from this? What am I gaining from spending um, three to four hours on Facebook a day? What am I gaining from that? Not much, probably. So get rid of it. That's one of the things I did for a long time. I don't really uh, look at Facebook that much anymore, but when I did look at it a lot, I deleted the app. And so when I wanted to check something or I wanted to post something to Facebook, it, I didn't get rid of my Facebook account, but when I wanted to do something, I had to go through the browser and log in. And it, that extra bit of friction was the thing that I found helpful to making it not such a, an easy distraction. And really with all this, maybe that's the overriding principle is with my phone, as with everything in my life, I want to put all the friction I can between me and distraction and things that are less beneficial while at the same time greasing the skids and making as easy as possible the things that are beneficial, that are useful, and that do um, lend themselves towards my sanctification. So it's the same thing I was saying when I was talking about morning routines. I want my Bible open the night before. So when I wake up, it's turned to the right passage and there's no friction. I just get right into God's word and where I need to be reading. And this is just the opposite side of that coin. If my phone's a distraction, if it's tempting me to waste time, then I need to get it. I need to put it in the phone cupboard. I need to put it away somewhere. I need to get it so that it's harder for me to access it and use that. And oftentimes that little bit of friction um, helps me to um, have to make a conscious decision. 
if I'm going to break my little rule, I'm, I'm doing it consciously because I have to go through the difficulty of going and getting my phone out. And uh, just that little bit I find so helpful. So I don't know about you. This has uh, been a perennial battle for me. And so I'm constantly trying to reassess it and think about it and do better. And so I'd love to hear from you guys if this is an issue for you too, or if I'm just the lone unself-controlled person who is ruled by his cell phone. There is a uh, article, I kind of briefly mentioned it, but I'm going to link to that a lot of this show uh, has been based on, and I read it a couple years ago, and it's called uh, Smartphones and Distraction, uh, something about like taming the double-edged sword. I'll link to it below, and you can read some of this there, but I would love to hear you guys if you have other methods that you've thought of that help you keep your phone usage in control while maximizing its benefits. Or if you've just completely given up on the smartphone, I'd love to hear from you too and how you reason through that. Well, thanks so much for listening to the episode. Uh, if you guys do have any feedback or just want to chat, uh, you can reach me on any of the social media platforms. You can find the show uh, as slash redeeming prod on Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter, YouTube, anywhere. Uh, or you can find me, Reagan T. Rose, on uh, Twitter. I'm just at Reagan T. Rose. Or you can just email me, Reagan at redeemingproductivity.com. And I'm always uh, just happy to talk with folks that listen. Anywho, I'm done. See you next week. Bye.